Ladies and gentlemen, the filibuster freestyle is back. It's your buddy Gavin. And when I say we are back, I mean we are literally back at the home base in the real live studio of the filibuster freestyle. Charlotte, North Carolina, we are back. I've been back for a few days now, but essentially we did a podcast from here at the end of June. And then the two or three we've put up since have either been done remotely in Europe or have been done uh, up north in Boston. So we're back in Charlotte. It's August. We're glad to be here. It's actually August 4th. It's a Sunday. And um, if all goes to plan, we're actually going to have a live in-studio guest for this podcast. The great pundit of the show, Andy Maslin, is literally driving through the southeastern portion of the United States right now. He left Sarasota this morning. He's coming to Charlotte for business, but it's Sunday, which means it's Sunday fun day, and Andy Maslin's going to come by, and we're going to talk about a few things. I'm going to bury the lead on that a little bit because um, I want to hit a couple places listening. I want to hit the theme song, and then because Andy is literally not here as I speak, he's driving likely somewhere in South Carolina right now. Um, after the theme song, through the magic of technology and recording, Andy Mazin will be here in the studio if, again, all things go to plan. So filibusterfreestyle.com is where you can find us on the web. Follow us on Instagram at filibusterfreestyle. You can follow me on Twitter at Gavin Viano. That should do it. We have a Facebook page. But frankly, after watching the Netflix video, The Big Hack, last night... Um, don't use Facebook. And that's so disingenuous because I just plugged my Instagram, which is part of Facebook, as is WhatsApp and so many other things. But anyway, big hack, worth a watch, really scary from Netflix. Um, places listening, just to totally do a 180 there away from big data and the ability to manipulate it. Let me see here. Okay, so the U.S., a lot of listens in the U.S. this week. Thanks, everybody here in the home the home country, if you will. Um Outside of the U.S., number two was Ireland and number three was Canada, and those two make a lot of sense considering that we recently put up a podcast in which we slammed both Air Canada and Air Lingus respectively. After Canada and Ireland, or actually Ireland second place, Canada third place, Malaysia, Egypt, the United Kingdom, Germany, Spain, Australia, and Latvia. Now, interesting about those things. As I mentioned, I spent a lot of time in Ireland during the month of July. I also went after their national airline. Um, I mentioned Canada's national airline in conjunction with Ireland's national airline. Malaysia, I did not go to in July. Egypt, I did not go to. I did go to the UK very briefly and unplanned. My luggage did go to Germany, which is also a place that listened. I did go to Spain. I did not go to Australia. I did not go to Latvia. So interesting to hear and see the countries that are listening, many of which are places I've either been or been associated with via podcasts in the last couple of weeks, or my luggage has been, in the case of the great Deutschland, a.k.a. Germany. So really quickly, um, before I get into cities listening, I do want to say, especially about Aer Lingus, I'm not trashing the people who work for Aer Lingus. They were great. In fact, the flight that pundit Cindy Harrington and I took from Dublin to Barcelona at the beginning of the month, we both talked about just how great and professional and snazzily dressed the flight attendants are, and it's a great experience. So 
I don't want to come after, I came after Aer Lingus for what I believe to be a terrible oversale policy, especially on transatlantic flights. But, uh, you know, it's a great airline. So, you know, just want to make amends with that because I do want to thank all the folks in Ireland who were so gracious um, to myself, my brother, his wife, who is Irish, our whole family, when we were over there in Galway for the wedding. I also want to say that Best Man Speech podcast, I will recap how my Best Man Speech went. However, likely not on this podcast. Okay, places listening in terms of cities. Number one, in the last seven days, has been Boston, Massachusetts. Number two, welcome back to Ashburn, Virginia. Number three, Everett, Washington. Number four, Dublin. Makes a lot of sense, like we said before. Kilkenny, Ireland is also in the mix. A place called Yaguna, Australia. The city of Edmonton in Alberta, Canada. And then in Malaysia, a city called, I believe, Cebu or Cebu. It's S-I-B-U. Apologies for the pronunciation. Um, anyway, that's what we got. Andy Maslin coming your way after the theme song, filibuster freestyle. Thanks for listening. Oh, my gosh. Before I forget, because I'll probably forget when Andy comes over. If you have not yet rated the podcast on Apple Podcasts, rate the podcast. Leave a review. It helps people find the show. If you have a droid, you can find us on Google Play Music. And um, if you're a SoundCloud fan, you can subscribe to the podcast right there on SoundCloud at the aforementioned name, Filibuster Freestyle. Oh, ladies and gents, as promised, I've got an in-studio guest from the great state of Florida. Andy Maslin's here! Glad to be here, Gavin. Unbelievable. It's... We've done this so many times, and I'm always in this seat. But Mr. Maslin is in Charlotte. He's in the he's in the studio. You'll hear some ambient noise. It is David Price trying to pitch against the New York Yankees. I don't want to get into the Red Sox because they're not worth getting into. Is that fair? No, I'm not going to get. I'm in a positive note. Not going to get into them. I'm in the studio. Crack research teams already. You know they're gone right now. Let them go for the weekend. I, I get to see where they work. I'm I'm happy to be here. Do you know where they're not? They're not at Pine Central. No. Um, for those of you who've been listening since I moved to Charlotte in 2015, there used to be, there still is a place called Pine Central, and it used to be a really good place to go for some food, some drink, some laughs, maybe some Tuesday trivia. We rolled in there tonight. Andy Maslin got here, drove nine hours to be here. Just to be here. Just to be here. <laughs> Just to be in studio. Got up in this morning in Sarasota. Heading back after. Yeah, good after straight back. After Heading back. It's gonna keep this gotta keep this pod short. Um, but anyway, rolled in there. Uh, like half the shelves are empty. The cooler is full of beer. Empty. The dude kept telling us what he didn't have in the menu. Yeah, anymore. The, the menu had more stuff that it didn't have than it had. Pine Central's going out of business. You heard it here first. And if they don't, that'd be a miracle. But anyway, Crack Research Team is not a Pine Central. They're probably at Moo and Brew or Thirsty Beaver. Or maybe they're in bed by now. But anyway, Andy Maslin, I'm bringing up this bar. Because, or bars in general, because you and I, oh, is that a home run for the Yankees? Yes, home run for the we're Yankees. Not, we're not talking about them. We set that rule early. Correct. But the Red Sox are continuing to not win games. Um, you and I have worked in the bar, restaurant business in several different areas. You've been a bartender. You've been a doorman. You've been a promoter. You've basically been a manager of a place that you resurrected from the dead. 
and drove back and drove back into the ground. Um, I've been a bar back. I've been a bartender. I've been a waiter. I worked hell. I was a Subway sandwich artist. I'm not going to count that, but unofficial sponsor of the week: Subway Sandwich Artist Union. It's not a real union. So you and I have seen a lot of things. So you know, you go on vacation, you go abroad, you see some things you haven't seen before. I figured you're a pretty good guy to try this out on, get your take. So myself, Chief Finance Officer Cindy Harrington, we go to this speakeasy called the Red Frog. Great spot. Ribbit. <laughs> By the way, let's go on a little tangent. So it's football season, coming up soon. And we'll get back to the speakeasy in a minute, the Red Frog. We were talking, joking earlier, the Carolina Panthers, they get a first down and they play a little piped-in Panther sound and it goes like... Right. And then you've been to a Florida Atlantic football game and they're called the Owls and when they get a first down, the PA bouncer goes... Do you think if the Red Frogs were a football team, they'd go ribbit, ribbit on a first down? Yes. Fantastic. I'm going to go on a tangent off of that. Please. What I don't understand, in some children's books yep. that I read quite a bit, they show the frog or the toad, and the, no- the noise that they say he makes is croak. Yeah. I, I've never heard a frog go croak. No. Frogs say ribbit. Toads may say croak, but I don't believe it. Okay. I'm a ribbit guy, too. I'm all in on the ribbit. Hashtag team ribbit. Hashtag frogs don't say croak. Okay. So anyway, the Red Frog Speakeasy, which, by the way, Sandy Harrington and I go to it, and you know how you don't have, like, when you're in Europe, unless you pay for an all-access, all-world plan, you don't get your text until you get back to the hotel and log on to Wi-Fi? Yeah. So as soon as I get back to the hotel, log on to Wi-Fi, and my now sister-in-law, Helen, is like, hey, if you're in Lisbon, go to the Red Frog Speakeasy. And I'm like, well, that's hilarious. We just went. So anyway... They have um, nine rules on the front door before you get let in. Not eight. Not eight. Not ten. Nine. Nine. And they're written in Portuguese, and I assume correct Portuguese. And they're written in semi-broken, but pretty good. Better English than I could write in Portuguese. Yeah. Or even Spanish. So I'm going to bring you through those because I want to get your thoughts on, like, would this type of place work in America? Have you ever been to a place like this? Just kind of want your thoughts on their rules. Some are very funny or very good. Some might get some genius out of this. We were reacting to each rule as we go by? Yes. Okay. Really quickly, because this was also on their rules, they do have some hashtags if anybody wants to get involved. Hashtag Red Frog. Ribbit. <laughs> Hashtag Red Frog Speak, which is Red Frog SPK. Ribbit, ribbit. Hashtag Press for Cocktail, which I think it means press their doorbell to get let in. Hashtag secret bar. Hashtag world best bars. Not world's best bars. World best bars. Which goes into some of the... Do they have a certificate saying that they're the best bar in the world? They actually do from like 2016. There's something on their... I want to know who issued that. Yeah, no, there's a lot that I don't have answers was to. It the WBO, the WBA. It was IBC, we, IBF. IBF. It was an IBF titles. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have a speakeasy fight with them and somebody else and kind of oh. unify the belt. But right. Don King will put it together. Anyway. Phenomenal. Places listening. Can, oh, shit. Any places listening? One swear for me? You still got one? Oh, I already mentioned this on the top of the show. Don't sweat it. And you, you just wasted your swear on something. That was waste. All right. right. All I have to say to that is croak. Now <laughs> <laughs> you're a team ribbon. That's why I'm croaking. Okay. <laughs> so the rules, or regras, as they are in Portuguese, 
are written in both. Number one, we own, sorry, we operate in closed door service. Ring the bell and please wait. Standard. Standard. Tells you how to get in. Standard rule, no big deal. Number two, no one under 18 is allowed admission. Laws. Laws are things. Okay, number three, we work exclusively on table service. Call the attention of your host if you need something. Now, the hosts are like your waitresses or waiters, but they were great. Totally works. Totally good. I'm, I'm building up to something here. Number four, drinks are served directly at the counter with measures. All prices are based on measures marked as not included in any, quote, mixer. That doesn't make any sense. So are they saying, like, if I order, just to say, whiskey, I get whiskey at one price. If I order a whiskey sour, do I then have to pay for the sour mix? It's either that or, like, they based it off of... They based it off of like one brand of whiskey, maybe, and then if you order a different whiskey, it doesn't count. But, but either way, the English there doesn't quite make it to where I think what they're basically saying is like, we measure our shots, and that's what we do. Is the crack research team calling you? Uh, no. Okay. Just you never know. They get a little finicky Sunday nights. So anyway, that one is the first one that doesn't make a lot of sense in translation. But I think what they're basically saying is we don't free pour. Okay. Okay, then they say number five. The night is the best part of the day. We ask for phones to be in silence mode or airplane mode and no flash photography. And I actually added photography and it said no flashes, please. I think they're just trying to pull off the speakeasy secretive. Yes, yes, totally fine. I get it. It's all good. I actually have no problem with it. Um, Good for them. Number six. Talk and socialize is one reason why we exist. Again, not the best English, but better than I could do in Portuguese. This is going back to why they don't want your phones out. Correct. They want you to. Then they say, do it in good manners and never disturb our customers. But like, I'm a customer. You are there. So there's a little bit, whatever. But then here's the one. Number seven. Gentlemen will not introduce themselves to ladies. Ladies, feel free to start a conversation or ask the bartender to introduce you. Please respect this fact. So it's like the bumble of bars. Yeah. That's the one I really wanted you to weigh in on. Working your way up. What an interesting rule to make number seven and then have two rules after that, first of all. Yeah. Do you? Go ahead. I get it. It's almost like kind of the phenomenon of um, a lot of girls, straight girls go to gay bars because they don't want guys bothering them. Sure. Um, You know, a little old-fashioned. I don't mind it. I don't mind it either. I actually like it, and I would love to see how it would work in the States. Because I've never been to a place that was basically the bumble of bars in the States, if it was in, If it was in the States, someone would protest and get it shut down. Maybe you're right. We are in very litigious times, to say the least. Okay. Number eight. We ask that you order and wait for your account at your table, a.k.a. settle the bill. No big deal. Number nine. When you leave, do not make noise after passing the door. We like to keep good neighborhood, which again, broken English, I get it. So, some fine print as well. Creative black tie, comma, casual chic, comma, dressy, or business. So what is that, what are, what are you, like if you're wearing, like, you know, like the sneakers I'm wearing right now, Allbirds, out of for sponsor of the week, they're kind of shoes, they're kind of sneakers. You read creative black tie, comma, casual chic, comma, dressy, or business, and you're wearing Allbirds and jeans, what are you thinking? 
uh, it's a maybe. See, I don't know European culture that much, but that's the bar side of me that kicks in. Yeah. Where you have a dress code just so you can deny the people you want. Correct. And you keep it vague. Right. And that's exactly what they did because we rolled in there and we were very like, man, like we don't know if we're going to get in here. And get in there and they're like dudes in shorts and like women in athletic, like not athletic gear, but like, you know, like whatever, like yoga pants. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for bailing me out on the yoga pants. I couldn't get there. (laughs) Sunday night, you know? So anyway, okay. So it's a vague thing and it had us freaked out, but they were very lax on it. And I do think that that's a very nice way of saying, if we don't like the way you you come in here, we're going to point something out unless you're in tuxedo. Fair. Okay. They do not allow sportwear, sportswear, excuse me, slippers, streetwear, or cap. Or caps, but they say cap. Fine. Okay. Mandatory individual consumption. You have to, basically, you have to order your own drink. No sharing. But if you both get drinks, you can share. Because, yeah. But, okay. But here's the part that I enjoyed the most. House hours. Monday to Thursday, 6 p.m., 2 a.m., Friday and Saturday, 6 p.m. to 3 a.m., Sunday's closed. Okay, great. But... They didn't actually say that. They said it in Portuguese, and then they tried to say it in English. Which, in Portuguese, Monday is called Saguna Feira, which basically means the second day of the week. Thursday is called Quinta Feira, which means the fifth day of the week. Okay? But Friday is called Sexta, which is the sixth day of the week, but not Sexta Feira. Okay, all fine. Saturday is called Sabado, like in Spanish. So is Sunday, Domingo, like Spanish. But... Get to the translation part. So they correctly write Monday as Monday. They write the word Sunday as Sunday. But they spell Thursday T-H-E-U-R-S-D-A-Y. That is not the name for Thursday in any language. They got Monday right. They got Sunday right. They didn't get Thursday right. You know what they meant? Thursday, Thursday? Close enough. You knew it meant Thursday. No, I got it, right. <laughs> so they added a phantom U. Saturday, Sabado, no problem. The kicker was Friday. They translated Sexta, which is their Friday, mm-hmm. to Sexta, which is S-E-S-X-T-A. Sexta is just another way in Portuguese to say Friday. Closer to sexting in English than anything. Right, so I'm like, so what you're telling me is number one, you refuse to write Friday. And number two, you're going to translate the Portuguese word for Friday to the other Portuguese word for Friday. And because you wrote the other days close enough, I'm going to know what Friday is. You're living in their world. Yeah. I'm living in their world. I just love that. I love sexta and sexta. And yes, it just, you know, is it, I don't know. I'm just trying uh, to keep it PG over here. But that's that, that, that's that. Those are the rules. Red Frog Speakeasy. Great drinks. Gribbit. <laughs> nice people. Really nice people. And um, do you think, you don't think that would fly in the U.S. because of the... No, I was joking about that. I, most of the stuff, is, I mean, everything is there for that is normal. That's a little bit weird. I can see a place that does it as a gimmick or a shtick. The, the women only can talk to men. Yeah. Type thing. yeah. I don't really see it being enforced. I wonder if it really was enforced there. You know, when I was there, I guess no one was really pushing the envelope of it. But my other question is, like, do if you're a dude who, like, lives in Lisbon and you're trying to meet women, is that a better place to go or a worse place? 
I guess it depends on what. I think kind it of depend, depends on your personality. Right. Because you're just like waiting. And your look. You're just waiting there and you're like, I'm in black tie chic. I'm Gav Money. I'm a piece of meat. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I, was with, I was with Chief Finance Officer Cindy Aaron. I know. Just saying, well, you were just you, saying. You were saying a guy who lived in Lisbon. I was not talking about this. Oh, the other guy. You do not currently live in Lisbon that I know of. I believe you're in Charlotte because I cannot drive to Lisbon. This is fair. You, you've, you've legally worked our way out of that. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So that's really all I have in this place. I really enjoyed it. I just thought the rules were funny in that they got the English so close to being 100% right. It, yeah. And that's fair. It, it, the, the, the Thursday one, I understand, just a spelling mistake. It's not like a light, you know. The Friday one is the best. But like they got <laughs> Monday right. Yeah. They got Sunday right. They got Saturday right. They got Thursday almost right. And on Friday, they're like, can't be bothered. Can't look at Google Translator. <laughs> Figure this one out on your own. Sex extra. Maybe they don't want Americans on Fridays. Maybe they don't. Crack the code. Beautiful. Okay. You got a rant? It, it's... Yes, it's a rant, and it has to do with um, idiots on Facebook, and even idiots in real life. Oh, double idiots. You know, you see, you see a violent act, or a rude act, or something that shouldn't happen. Maybe it's a man hitting a woman, someone disrespecting an old person, and then you see this person who hasn't been in a fight since the fourth grade. <laughs> Comment on it. If I was there, I would have gotten violent. Or if I was there, this would have ended differently. Listen, you have not been involved in an altercation since fourth grade. Things like this have happened in front of you in real for life 25, 30 for years. 25, 30 years. And this one thing, this guy yelling at an old at an old guy or this parent, whatever the situation is, you were just going to walk by and let it go because you're not the altercation type person. You're not the person to step up and do it. And you know what? For the most part, neither did I. Things, most of us aren't. Things that happen in public, I just keep my head down and keep on walking. Don't get on Facebook. You know, it was, I think it was Mark Roy. Wahlberg, who said it about like one of the 9-11 flights, like, well, if I was on that flight, it wouldn't have ended differently. Listen, Wahlberg, you're five foot four. It right. would have ended the same way. Yeah. You know, like, I understand your sentiment. Great to think you would have done it. Yeah. Just shut your mouth. It's also a very, like, that one particularly is a very weird one to do some Monday morning quarterbacking Yeah. On. Because, to be honest, the, you know, again, this was an unplanned rant, and that's an unplanned response. Flight 93, they did that, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> they, that was the plane that was like up in the air last and people were actually figured out like they were on the phone calling people and whatever and they actually did bum rush the cockpit and avert a fourth plane crashing into a populated area and probably in DC at this point and they crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Hey Mark, they did it for you and they made a movie about it called United 93 and don't, don't Monday morning quarterback that you would have done something else when they actually really did it. They lost their lives. Now I'm on this like... I, I, but, but, but the point is, it really did happen. And people really did that, do that's it. Why I hate and Mark, Wal- you're an actor. That's why I hate Wahlberg. Oh, wow. Uh, I, t- I mean, I'm not helping either, but I, I, you hate Wahlberg. I hate Wahlberg. Uh, Out on Marky Mark. I mean, he, he left, he's supposed to be a Patriot super fan, and he left this, the 28-3 Super Bowl early. Yep. And he did this, and he's just not a good person. Okay. Um, I mean, but, fair. But like, just all this Monday morning quarterbacking of people in general, because we got off. I shouldn't have thrown the Wahlberg. Thing. No, it's okay. But it's it, the, the, you know the guy I'm talking about. Oh, if I had seen that, I would have done something. No, you wouldn't have. If just you have it. to write on Facebook 
that you would have done something if you had seen it. It's because you feel bad about the things that you've seen and haven't done anything about. I, like, you, know, I'll, I'll, you know, you'll see a bad story about something awful that happened to a dog or a cat. You know, they were tortured. And I love Just, dogs more. Yeah, you're a dog owner. I'm a dog guy. And then you see the, the, the guy... If I if I run if they find out who did this and I run into this person they're in trouble. Well, let's see. This happened in Alaska. You live in Connecticut, so <laughs> let's just just say, hey, this is awful. These people should be prosecuted. You're not going to do a thing about it because if you do see him, he's going to be in police custody. Right. Or so, you're going to go to jail for assaulting this guy who did a heinous act, but like it doesn't give you like you aren't Chuck Norris. Yeah, more you than likely. You're going to get knocked out. Right. Or <laughs> if you even are good at what you're trying to do, you will be probably prosecuted for also committing assault and battery. Fair. So that's that. those guys. Let me ask you this. Different topic. You just drove from Sarasota, Florida on a Sunday in the summer, up 95, up 77, et cetera, to Charlotte. You, you took a nap on the way. Yeah. Break that down for us. Well... I left left at about seven, so I was up at six, and I knew I was going to take a nap at some point. And then halfway through, I decided I wasn't going to take a nap. I had made it. I, I thought. Power when I, through. I thought when I got my first tank again, I so it took. I filled my tank last night, filled up somewhere in Georgia. Um, it was going to take a nap then. Was still feeling good, and then I wasn't going to take a nap. I'm like I can I can power through. I'm I'm feeling great, and then I started hitting traffic. And it was raining out, and there was a rest stop right there. So I'm like, why am I going to sit in this traffic you know, be asleep. when I can go sleep for a half hour, 40 minutes? Great little nap, I will say. Great little nap. Yeah, well, any, any uh, I don't know. Not, no one messed with you? No, no. You know, just locked the doors, kept the truck running. Oh, you kept it running? Yeah, turned the AC down a little bit so it was a little warm, woke up a little sweaty. But it was good. It was good. Well, welcome to, welcome to the, you know, you live in the South, but yeah. welcome to, like, you good know. Good nap. And then, I mean, the main reason is because I had to have some energy because driving to South Carolina, you never know if I'm going to have to stop and buy fireworks. Because you, you can get so them many chances. There. You can get them off every day. Unofficial sponsor of the week, all the fireworks stores in South Carolina. Dude, here is my biggest thing about that. There's about one day a year in America where we're like, oh, it's 4th of July, fireworks. And then, like, there are a lot of folks who like to light fireworks off starting July 1st. And, of course, there are folks who like to randomly light a firework off once in a while. Just because. Yeah, here, Paul. Oof, yeah. But that was over the 4th of July, too. But there's, like, 600 fireworks stores on the highway in South Carolina. And I just don't understand how everybody, and I mean everybody, is keeping them in business. And- if Any theories? I know in Florida, for some reason, a lot of the fireworks stores are closed on Monday. Well, so, you know, you got to... So what you're saying <laughs> is if, if there's a day that's least likely to have fireworks in it, it's, a, it's an impulse buy on a Monday. And that's the thing. Even people I know who buy fireworks, which is maybe one out of 20. Sure. Uh, and that's generally pretty high, but you do live in Florida. They're buying a couple hundred dollars worth of fireworks. Is our fireworks... Some sort of a giant government conspiracy, and they're keeping all the fireworks stores in business to cover something else. Is it the mob? Is it the Russians? Is, is it, it the aliens at Area 51? Oh, so much. Ooh. So much. Because there's no way that there is enough business. That's what to I keep and that's the point. That's the point. Is these all should not be in business. Because I also assume these big uh, like fireworks displays we see like on the 4th of July that they're the not city, buying them there. that the city's put on they're not they're, they're not, not going to exit one they're, on, not, uh, they're, they're not stopping at four finger willies <laughs> <laughs> or 
Four Finger Willies on Exit 97 on Route 77 in Brock Hill, South Carolina. Yeah. Like, they're do you like how literally the second you get into the state and the second before you leave the state, fireworks store? I, I noticed, well, I noticed it last time when I was up here. I'd driven to South Carolina uh, the next day, and the first exit was, I remember I called you and I said, I know I'm in South Carolina. There's fireworks. So are fireworks illegal in North Carolina? I don't know if they're illegal because I don't ever buy them, but I know they don't sell them here. Okay. So if they're legal to the light, so be it. My guess is a lot of folks roll across the border and go down. And yeah, my, my guess is Georgia doesn't sell fireworks either. Probably not because to your like as soon as you pull in from Georgia, there's fireworks. And as soon as you pull in from North Carolina, there's fireworks. A lot of fireworks. A lot of other stuff in South Carolina too. Not, a, not the pod we're going to talk about today, but it's, I, a, it's a wild place. I'm going to tell you, if I'm ranking states, sure, South Carolina's in the lower half. So third, I was gonna say at least number twenty six, but probably more like thirty seven. Also strange that I know we do have a lot of listeners in New England. I drove for nine hours today, and I hit four states. Yeah, Yeah. if you drive for nine (laughs) hours from Boston, you're in Virginia. Yeah, and if we drove for nine hours from here, we would still be in Virginia. Yeah, we'd be on the DC line. Yeah, yeah, good for you. So you drove. I mean, any crazy road stories today? Um, not a lot today. Um, no road rage? Would you, if you'd seen it, would you have done something about it? Yeah, <laughs> I would have done something. I will say I was shocked. And I'm someone, I'm someone who normally drives 75 to 80 miles an hour. Um, I know New England, it's, it's still like a lot of people peak out at 70. Yeah. But down here in the south, it's 70 at least on the highways. But normally I'm 75 to 80 today through... Florida and Georgia, I mean, I had cruise, cruise control set at 84. Oh, fun fact of the day. Yeah. I hit 100,000 miles on my truck today. Congratulations. Took a picture of it because I actually got the picture at 99,999. Um, I tell you what, he, I'm, I'm looking at it. The speedometer is at 84 miles an hour, and it is at 99999.9 miles an hour. Andy Maslin, and you know what you won? You want a free dinner at Pine Central before they went out of business tonight. Yes. Bang. Andy, what else you got? Anything else? Um, some, oh. some clouds today looked like I was driving into the upside down. That's not good. No, but I wasn't. There was no mind flare. That's, that's good. Actually, I know what I got for you to end this. We're going to take a huge U-turn from Portuguese speakeasies to fireworks stores in South Carolina. We haven't had a chance to talk about this. Wimbledon, man. Federer, Djokovic. And all I want to say is, you know, people have said Roger Wynn, those last three majors he won, got him so far away that maybe he wouldn't get past. And not only did Nadal get hot again, but Djokovic got hot again. And this was his chance, Roger's chance, to be like, I'm going to get one more. I'm going to get to 21. And you still might catch me, but it's going to take a lot. And instead... Djokovic, it's like it was basically it was like it was a two-major swing. Because instead of being up six, now he's up four. <laughs> the two-major swing, Cotton. And <laughs> usually you pay double for that kind of action, Cotton. <laughs> but I think Djokovic catches him. I think Djokovic catches him without a problem. Passes him. Passes him by three or four. You think he's going to win 23, 24 majors? I do, because here's my hot take. Yeah. And by the way, that best match ever. Best match! Here's my hot take. Djokovic... Starts beating Nadal on the clay. Wow. I tell you what. 
It's very possible. The only reason I would come against you is that they're basically the same age. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Coming at you on Clay Tennis Talk. No, they're basically the same age, but I do agree that Nadal has more health issues relative yeah, I, to Nadal, his knees. Nadal appears to be falling off a little bit, where Joker appears to be over his injuries and is back on the rise. Yeah, and he's also mentally very into it again. Because I think for a while there he had a, you know, he got married, he had, a, he had children. Sounds like there was some upheaval in his camp. So you know, also just to get off it for a second. So you love how if you get big enough as a tennis player or a golfer, because it's only you. You just have a camp. I wish I had a camp. I know. There's like six people just like, oh, Mr. Maslin, don't forget to drink your Gatorade. I'm going to string your rackets for you. It, it, <laughs> it's, meanwhile, the guys were ham and egging at the bottom of the tour. They're flying friggin' coach with us, <laughs> an American. Wonder why they're getting bounced because they forgot their sneakers because they're packing or for Ameri- themselves. Or American lost their luggage. Or American lost their luggage. <laughs> or maybe Erlingus lost their luggage to bring back that old chestnut from when I was in England, not for Wimbledon. But anyway, I, th- I, I don't disagree with you that Djokovic might, at the end of this, have the most grand slams. And if he beats Nadal on the clay, he definitely will. Because Nadal's only chance now is to just keep winning the French every Next year. Four because he's like three ahead. And just like get so far ahead, or just stay ahead enough that Djokovic eventually turns 40 as well. And some of these young guys come up. But no one young in the pipeline right now. Have you, has Djokovic convinced you to like root for him to do this? Or are you still... Out on that. I'm in, I'm all in on Djokovic. You're in on Djokovic. I'm in on Djokovic. Wow. I'm not I, there yet. I I'm all in on him. I I I, I kind of look at him. He's a it's, it's, he's a little bit just outside of the establishment, and I like that. He he did come in as like the third party candidate. Yeah. Because it really was a Roger Rafa thing, and then Djokovic was first quietly, and then not quietly, like making up so much ground on both those guys. And then he got his injuries and kind of fell off. And then those two guys it's kept... like a three or four year kind of... Yeah, no, I mean, it might have been like a two year dip. But, but then that's like literally when Roger and Rafa both came back hard. And kind of had their like last, what seems like their last moments. And then now Djokovic is basically, yeah. with the exception of Clay, turned the tables again. Yeah, and by the way, Federer blew that match. He had it. Uh, I know. He had it. It's tough. And I was rooting for him. Me too. I mean, everybody was. People wrote about this a month ago when it happened. I mean... Dude's 36. He, he just never says the wrong thing. He's And his, po- his post-game like interview, post-match interview, was phenomenal. He was actually like saying the funny things that like you wouldn't think you'd think about. Yeah. It was great. Like he's was- great for tennis. And it's it's amazing. Let me, and like here's what I wonder about him though. He likes tennis so much, and I've been seeing Andy Murray, who can't play singles anymore, it seems like. He's now playing doubles with his brother, Jamie. And Andy Murray's a big name. He's made a name for himself. Roger could conceivably play doubles tennis for the next 10 years at the highest level possible. I, I agree. Like, wouldn't, do you think he I, would because he loves tennis I, so much? I, I want to say... He loves tennis so much. I can see it, but which is fine if he loves it and he wants to do it. I'm sure there's someone... He doesn't mean, he does not, not mean the money. No, I'm sure there's someone he grew up with that is like on that like second level that he would love to play with. And he's like, oh, well, we're running major... But I hate when I, I like you haven't seen as much recently. But like Martina Navratilova, they'll mention how many Wimbledon she's won, and they'll include like doubles titles. It's like no, that's that not, is two different things. That's not what we're talking. That's about. That's true. I agree with that. I'm not. Yeah, I wouldn't count. Like if Roger won seven Wimbledon's doubles, 
I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Oh, he won, he won 28? No. It's, it's 29-time Wimbledon champion. No, no, no. It's yeah. still 20-time major champions, a seven or eight times Wimbledon, whatever it is. And then it's, you know, how many? Whatever. Yeah. Know? I, um, but this thing, watching that, I mean, I think Joker gets him, but I'm not going to be shocked if Roger wins a couple more. I'd love to see a couple more. <laughs> Bless you. Gesundheit. Sponsored by Sneezing. First live sneeze on the podcast with me here. Ribbit. <laughs> but I agree. I, I think the fact that Roger basically had that match, I, I just think as long as his health doesn't betray him, you know, he'll put together another one like that. And especially if Djokovic can't be there in Australia, because Roger seems to show up in Australia. It's kind of like Agassi used to do at the end of his career. He just shows up in better shape than everybody in Australia. With a shot to win it because everybody else is kind of like not ready yet. Yeah, and just the thing is the the talent gap or the but how they're playing right now, the three of them have never been closer in the skill level, the talent, the ability they have at this exact point. Yes, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty much a crapshoot. Yeah, I mean that match was a crapshoot. And um, really, what's interesting though is the big goons. Who like were all over Wimbledon last year, like Isner, Kevin Anderson. They're either breaking down physically or just they don't have their serves the way they, they had them last year at this time, which is really good for those three guys. Because those big servers, you just can't do much with those guys. No, and you know, I, I look at it as some of these guys who are power hitters in baseball. You know, you just, this is not sustainable. Um, I'd like to, you know, I, I, it's funny. I was, I got sucked down a tennis rabbit hole during that, uh, time, during that tennis rabbit hole, fake banning of the week <laughs> <laughs> during Wimbledon. And I would have told you that in, based on my age, I was probably like nine or 10, you know, I would have told you Jim Courier won quite a few more majors than he did. Gorny, Izanisevich, like guys like those, I remember them being good, but it's really only for a year or two. Right. They had their moment. Yeah, man, you're right. So what these guys have done has been amazing. Literally a golden era of tennis. I do like that we always find a way to bring it back to our lawn and our lawn and turf sports correspondents, Andy Maslin, especially after just a rough horse racing season. Garbage horse racing season. Garbage. Kind of a garbage golf season in a lot of ways. Well, we, I mean, we did I have mean, the Tiger. Tiger. Tiger's thing was great. I mean, Brooke Kepka's in the, in the mix. The Irish dude winning the British Open was pretty awesome in, in Ireland. On that, the that was Ireland. awesome, but the last day of that tournament was just... Awful. Yeah. Well, the weather is not great. No, it's not known. I know. I was there. Well, actually, I was in the UK. Without luggage. Without luggage. <laughs> Just saying. All right, Maz, we never know. You're here all week, literally, so you're not driving back. Spoiler alert. My man's here to do some work. So we might bring him back. We might even do a live pod from a... Can't surprise the audience again, I guess. Shoot. <laughs> Wasted the good surprise on you. All right, everybody. Be good. <laughs>